human rights should be common sense. You should always treat people equally and stand up for yourself. And welcome back to another episode of Backstage Chats with Women in Music. I'm your host, Thea Wood. And my next guest is extra special. From the minute I heard her perform her original song, America's Middle Class, I knew she had a gift. At age 14, she's already penned over 20 songs, and she's performed the national anthem at sporting events and most recently played the Howell Opera House to a packed crowd. She's the teen with her eyes on the prize who's giving the Midwest a proud new voice, and I'm most excited to announce her as Horizon Music's Nicole B. Tate, Miriam McCaba, Rising Star Award winner. Please welcome Blue Sky. Hi. How are you today? Good. How are you? Well, I'm fine. It sounds like I think we're both in Michigan today, yes? Yes. Awesome. How's how's the weather over on your side of the pond? Um, yesterday was a little stormy, but uh, today it's pretty nice. Well, good. Well, it's a good day for an interview, isn't it? Yep. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Well, what we do in our show is we always start off with the shakedown questions, which is a set of questions that we ask all of our guests. And I'm ready if you're ready to do the shakedown. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's jump right in with who was your first concert? Okay. So my first concert was to go see a band called Paris. They are an alternate rock band, and my mom absolutely loved this band. So she decided to book tickets to go see them in Detroit. I was around nine years old when I first saw them, and I thought it was really cool, but it was really loud, of course. (laughs) Do you remember which venue they played? I don't think I remember. No, but it was downtown? Yeah, it was, yeah. Cool. Well, that sounds like a fun first experience. Mm -hmm, It was, really. Cool. Well, what was the first album you bought with your own money? So the first album that I ever bought was one of Billie Eilish's albums called Don't Smile at Me. I originally went to a record store where they sold a bunch of vinyl records. Um, and I decided to buy this one because it was definitely an influential album. And I thought it was really cool. And just to have it in my room would be really inspiring. So, so Billie Eilish is one of your influences. Mm-hmm. For sure. Next, uh, which artist or band is in heavy rotation on your playlist right now? One of them is Billie Eilish. I have other playlists that they include the band Neighborhood, Alessia Cara, Arctic Monkeys, The Weeknd, and much more. I have a different variety of music tastes, so it's not one specific. It's all all around and all over. Oh, I love that. That's great. Well, you know, I'm the same way. If it's good music, it's good music, right? Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Well, now we're going to lead to the next question, which is, which woman has had the most influence on your career? So I would say the woman that had the most influence on my career would most likely be my mom or my grandma or more like Billie Eilish or Taylor Swift. I think these because my mom has really helped me to push myself farther. And if I didn't have her, I probably wouldn't be here today. And just having her always be there for me and pushing me to do my best really has helped me to be where I am today. Gotcha. And your dad, of course, is also right there as well. We've been talking a lot. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Next question. If you could have dinner with any woman dead or alive... Who would it be? 
I actually picked two people because I I couldn't uh, pick between these two. I said I would maybe go with either Rosa Parks or Anne Frank. These were both huge influences on the world, in my opinion, and they both made big impacts and they showed women can show different messages in that they matter, how Rosa Parks did it. Human rights should be common sense. You should always treat people equally and stand up for yourself. And that was really, really inspiring. Oh, I love it. And so you're going to have a nice little dinner party. And Anne Frank, of course, was about your age, right? Mm -hmm. When she wrote her book. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So definitely a time and a thought of coming of age that you would understand, unfortunately, in a very sad situation for her. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for sharing that. Our last question, what is one life goal you'd like to accomplish before climbing that golden stairway to heaven, which at your age, you're 14, is going to be a long, long time from now. Yeah. (laughs) But (laughs) what is your one big life goal right now? I would probably say my one big life goal would probably be making a big positive impact on the world and showing people it's good to be positive because right now, all of the world is just a bunch of litter and we're not really taking care of it properly and doing that through music too, making a bit positive impact and telling people that this world matters, you know, everything that happens within it is definitely huge and that they should probably look after it more and take care in it. I think that's wonderful that you are talking about your songwriting and your messages, uh, reaching out in such a positive way. Everybody, uh, we're talking to Blue Sky today, and she just finished down the shakedown, and she's still with us. (laughs) Yay, we made it through the shakedown. What we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break for this message, and we'll be right back. This episode is dedicated to Blue Sky's late grandparents, Janice and Carl Moss, who passed away shortly after this interview. Did you know that Giving Tuesday is November 29th? It's the Global Day of Giving, where activists like you donate to the causes they love. Horizon Music Foundation not only produces this podcast, it also supports women in music through education and work experience programs, like the first ever all-female musician DJ Marketplace. We need your help to expand these programs. Please visit horizonmusic.org to see all the ways you can donate. Again, that's H-E-R-I-Z-O-N music.org. Thank you for joining our band of dreamers, rule breakers, and rock stars. Speaking of rock stars, we'd like to thank our friends at Gibson Brands, which has been making instruments in the United States since 1894, Alexia Vernon's Legacy Fund for Purpose-Driven Founders, and Love Tito's, which is celebrating 25 years of making the world a better place. A special thank you goes out to Nicole B. Tate for uplifting the next generation of women in music. We are honored to announce the third Nicole B. Tate Miriam McCaba Rising Star Scholarship Award winner on December 10th, 2022. Sign up for our newsletter at horizonmusic.org for more information. Now, back to our show. And we're back. Backstage Chats with Women in Music. I'm your host, Thea Wood. And today we are talking to Blue Sky, who is a rising star from the great state of Michigan. Something that I was curious about immediately upon learning about you, Blue, is your name. Not many people have such a unique name, and I was hoping that you could share with the audience how that came about. I originally got my name, Blue Sky, from my dad. Blue Sky is more like a stage name, so 
the day I was born, uh, he said that the sky was really bright and my name was originally and legally Sky. He decided to add blue in front of it because of how blue the sky was that day. And he started calling me that ever since that day. And that's just been my nickname from from that. From when you were little then. Mm-hmm. Well, I love it. I I love unique names. As you can tell, I have a unique name. <laughs> do, you, do you get a lot of questions about it? Sometimes. I usually only get questions on like, oh, how did you get your name? Like the question you just asked me. And I say, oh, from the day I was born, my dad called me that ever since. And I've never really heard him say my actual name. But they usually just tell me, oh, your name's so pretty. It's so u- unique. And I was like, yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> I know. Well, and you know what? A lot of times when you're younger, sometimes you feel like, oh, I wish it was something more common because yeah. when I was little, I couldn't get like pencils with my name on them or, you know, mm-hmm. they always have things with your name on them, keychains. Yeah. Whenever I go like shopping and I kind of want to find like some little souvenir from one of those shops where they have a bunch of the keychains with their names on them, I can never find one of them that either that has sky or blue sky. And I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I feel your pain. But you know what? As you get older, you'll appreciate it more and more and that stuff won't matter anymore, mm-hmm, right? Definitely. Speaking of when you were young, I heard uh, a little story that you grew up around dance studios. Is that right? Yes. So when I was really little, maybe around six or seven years old, maybe even younger, I used to go to a dance studio and I actually used to dance there because my dad was the dance instructor. So I used to go there like every Wednesday after, usually on Sundays, I would go, they had this little like recording stand and they had this mic that you would hook up to it. And me and my dad, we would record all these songs on this little record machine and I would dance around and there was a trampoline in the back. And usually when he was doing all of his stuff, editing, I would just jump on the trampoline and do a bunch of flips usually. After I got done with all of that, I would just sing covers of songs and then he would either post it on his Facebook or just keep it in his camera roll. That experience has definitely influenced where I am today and spending so much time with my dad has really helped our relationship with music. A question about the dance studios, is: was this really your first foray into being surrounded by music? Well, yes and no at the same time. I went to two dance studios. So my dad worked at both of them. And one of them being Marine City, which was the one that I recorded all of my music on. And the other one being Studio A, which was another one I went to. On our way back in the car ride, I would sing to whatever was on the radio. And my dad realized, oh my gosh, you can like you can sing? And I was like, uh, I don't know. And so we took that a little farther. We went to the other dance studio and we recorded it, sat down, uh, did a bunch of cover tunes. And my dad would actually bring this little stuffed animal that I had. I believe that it's still in the music bag that I bring, but I never really think about it. But we had this stuffed animal. It was one of those really tiny kind of ones. His name was Fidley. And My dad would tape him on the microphone stand because I would always get really nervous and like 
I couldn't find anything to just stop getting me so nervous all the time. So my dad would tape this little stuffed animal on the microphone and it would make me feel more comfortable or something. And I would just have it. Was it a teddy bear? What kind of what kind of animal was it? I think it was little like one of those beanie babies, but it was a fox. Oh, so he's your little buddy. Did you say you still carry him around? Yeah, I believe we still have him in our little music bag that we bring to all of our concerts, but I, I usually never think about it. Sorry, little Beanie Baby B Fox, but <laughs> your your uh, support system is now just a background. <laughs> we're, we're now full circle with no Fox tape to the mic, right? <laughs> yeah. I love that story. But you do have a lucky penny, don't you? Mm-hmm, I do. Tell me the story about the Lucky Penny. So my dad actually has it in his wallet. But the origin of that story, I was in my car and my brother, Ryan, he had this huge jar of pennies. And I was very little at the time, maybe like one or two, three, around that age. They had this huge jar of pennies and I decided to take one out and I swallowed it because I thought it was food. And so I, luckily it went through the right way because if it didn't, I would probably not have been here right now, but it went the right way. So my family took me to the ER and the doctor's office. So it took eight hours for the doctor to get there because we were originally in the middle of nowhere. So we had to wait eight hours for the doctor to go and do the procedure to get the penny out. And where did you live at the time? I lived at Las Vegas at the time. So I'm, I wasn't in Michigan because I was originally born in Las Vegas. So they had a surgery and they had to get these long, like, I don't know what you call them, but they had to grab it out of my vocal cords. Me and my dad, we both believe that that has shaped my vocal cords to what they are today and maybe has helped me sing better or maybe even just gave me the ability to sing. Didn't get caught in where you were breathing, but it ended up getting stuck in Mm -hmm. your vocal cords. That's well, I've never heard of that before. I'm so glad they were able to extract it. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And I do love the idea that, hey, yes, that could have very well ended up influencing how you sound, which of course I love. We talked a little bit in uh, the shakedown about your songwriting. So obviously you're singing and songwriting and you play guitar Mm -hmm. with your songwriting. How many songs have you written now? Around 20 songs, but yeah, some of them haven't been recorded. There's just like lyrics that we have and some of them haven't even been fully composed yet. So... Right, right. So it's a, it's a process. Mm-hmm. And I know that you have a lot of messages and a lot of things that you want to talk about. I especially could tell that with your song, America's Middle Class. Mm-hmm. And I wanted you to please share with our listeners what that song is about and why you wrote it. So the song America's Middle Class definitely means a lot to me. I originally wrote the song about my grandparents' life and how they grew up. And Having a song about them and just tributing a song to them would just be so special. They definitely grew up poor, which was one of the first lyrics in the song. And they worked their way up to be part of the middle class because originally my grandma was, she wasn't that wealthy or 
she just didn't have a lot of money and I'm she was part of a huge family. She had a lot of siblings. She uh, needed to take care of all of her siblings. And so she worked hard and she told me she had these chores every Sunday to clean up the kitchen or to scrub the floors or whatever she needed to do to take care of her family. My grandparents have been married for 65 years, and they're always willing to help out any community. And the family values uh, that they have are definitely a big, big part of our family. And so I had to put that in the song. I just wanted them to hear it on the radio and while they're still around. It's just a blessing for them to just be there and just listen to that. What was their initial reaction when you first played the song for them? Their first reaction was like, oh my gosh, like you wrote a song about me that's so special. And my grandma, I believe she started crying because she was so like proud that her granddaughter wrote a song about her. This is a song I wrote for my grandparents. I hope you enjoy it. was really your video of you singing America's Middle Class that got us excited and saying, wow, you know, we've got a 14-year-old here who's not only singing and playing, but she's also writing her own music. And as much as I love love songs, I like songs that tell us stories, right? And that's what America's Middle Class does. And me being from Michigan, 
I grew up in a middle-class family and I get it and it struck a chord with me. And I just want to say thank you for being authentic and sharing that type of story in your music because it is appreciated. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do we have next on the horizon for music and songwriting? I think that having this ability and this opportunity, winning the award, it has opened a lot of doors for me in this step has definitely changed the way that I, my perspective of how I see things. Sometimes you take for granted some things and when they're gone, you don't even realize how important they were or how much an influence they had in your life. And now that they're gone, you can't do anything about it. So I think it was definitely a huge opportunity for winning this and having my name mentioned along with Miriam McAbey, I think that's how you say her name. McAbey, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. She definitely had such an inspiring and great life story for her traveling all around the world. And I just definitely think that the most important thing in life is to help other people in need. And if this award that I won helps me with that and then I can definitely pay it forward to help other girls with their dreams and just to help them accomplish it like you guys did for me so spoken in the true spirit of the award and in the spirit of horizon music foundation because that is what the foundation is all about and you're right opportunities are abounding and things seem to really be coming together with you i know that this past week you had a phone i think it was a virtual edition excuse me audition for the voice isn't that right mm-hmm. Can yeah you, oh please share with us what that was like i had already done it in 2020 so it was a virtual recording that I would have and they had this countdown where I told you how many minutes or how many days it had till my virtual audition. And so I had decided to play America's Middle Class because I think that it would have been a great opportunity for them to hear an original song instead of always hearing covers because they probably have heard that song millions of times. Right. So I decided to do America's Middle Class And the judges aren't actually on the call with you. It's not like a Zoom meeting where they would see you like face to face. But instead, you would record yourself and you would have one minute and 30 seconds to record whatever song you're doing. Choose one verse and one chorus. I would submit it after I was done. And they would review it. I think in a couple hours, they would give you the results. And then that's how I would do it. After you recorded this year, just this past week, what was the result? What did they come back and say at that point? I had the email saying, unfortunately, you did not make it, but we would like to see you next year. I thought that was definitely a learning experience as well. So definitely. And you know what? I hear of people who have come back year after year after year and audition and some people make it. I think one woman they said had auditioned five years in a row. Mm-hmm. And she made it. You just never know as you, and you're 14, you got plenty of time to develop, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think that they are going to see the star quality of your talents the same way that we do. I also know that there is a crew who's affiliated with Bob Seeker who's also interested in helping you out. Can you tell us a little bit about what's going on there? Mm -hmm. So his name is Jim Cates, and he originally was working with Bob Seger to put all the guitars on the stage and situate them. 
I was originally introduced to this man named Alan Turner, and Jim Cates was involved in his band. And so that's how I got introduced to him. And so I worked with him through that. Me and my dad, we worked on this song for my mom. Uh, she's in the other room. So it's about uh, breast cancer and how to survive through that. And it's called Color Me Pink. And he helped me to record that song. And he has been playing guitar for more than 30 years, maybe even more than that. He played a few of Bob's songs, actually. So when I got introduced to him, I thought it was really cool. And it was such a great experience and opportunity to be working with him for somebody who has worked with Bob Seger. So I thought that was really, really cool. Absolutely. Going back to the song that you're recording regarding breast cancer, you're speaking of this because you are personally affected by breast cancer right now through your mother. Isn't that correct? Mm-hmm. I think, I don't remember exactly when she got the call that she was positive for breast cancer, but I remember it was very devastating to hear that. And she went to go get a mammogram because she had missed it during COVID. And so she couldn't get it. And so if we wouldn't have gotten that mammogram, we probably wouldn't have caught it and it would have been too late. So that was super duper lucky. And it was just a blessing to have that. My dad just put, uh, we were driving down a uh, 16 mile. We were going to somebody's show to go see. Uh, her name is Jackie Daniels. And my mom had gotten the call and it was devastating. So we had to go back home. It was very upsetting. She's finding it right now. And she's definitely, definitely a fighter. So absolutely. And she's going through chemo. And of course, we wish her the best and know that, you know, we're all rooting for pink warriors all the time. And thank you for sharing about the mammogram because early detection saves lives, right? Definitely. Definitely. So everybody out there, if you feel lumps, bumps, something's not right, go get it checked. Don't wait. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that about your family. And we can't wait to hear the new song. What was the name of the new song again? Uh, The new song is called Color Me Pink. Color Me Pink. And she's kind of saying that quietly because I think it's going to be a surprise for your mom, right? Yes. (laughs) She's in the other room. So So we'll try not to blow the secret. Um, (laughs) (laughs) As we kind of get ready to wrap things up, because we're kind of getting toward the end of our interview here. I wanted to remind folks who are listening that Blue Sky is the winner of our Tate Makiba Rising Star Award. One of the things that I think is pretty exciting, besides, of course, the podcast interview, is that we're working with Blue Sky and a woman named Katie Warren, who were building out a website with an electronic press kit. And we've got uh, photographers who are going to come in and help out with some new headshots for you. And I just wanted to say, I am super excited about this process. Is there anything that you've learned in the past couple of weeks that you think is going to be helpful as you go forward as the award winner? I think that is going to help me is the knowing that I have people who are there and working with me and supporting me through this process. And that I think that this is really cool and a really great opportunity to help other people in need. And that starts at the local level all the way up. 
do you have any gigs lined up here after the new year aside from what's happening with Horizon Music Foundation? I'm not sure if I do. If I did, they would be associated with, as I said before, Alan Turner and his band because last summer I've opened about 30 shows with him. Actually, on Friday, I just had a gig uh, for opening for his band and he was doing a Kenny Rogers tribute. So, And that was a packed house, wasn't it? <laughs> Definitely. That's awesome. And so do they look and sound like Kenny Rogers? Mm -hmm. He got his hair all styled and he had a little suit to look like him and all that. And usually when he does his actual shows where he's not going into character as Kenny Rogers, he's just usually just in like a jean jacket or jeans or something. But in order to be in character and do that tribute, he was like all in a white suit. His hair was pulled back and all that. So... I love it. Well, and how cool is that, that you get to open for him on a regular basis? I bet that makes it a lot easier because you guys have kind of a flow going, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I am so excited that we had this opportunity to chat today, Blue Sky. I so look forward to hearing more of your music coming forward, the advances that you make, the demo that you're going to be recording. Can't wait to hear that and share that information with our audience. And I just want everybody to know that we love hearing stories from women like Blue Sky because they remind us to be dreamers, rule breakers, and rock stars. Blue Sky, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Absolutely. And I want to remind everybody that Blue Sky's links and music will all be on the show notes for the show. So please go to our show notes page to get more information and find out how you can follow Blue Sky. And for today, it's a wrap. Backstage Chats with Women in Music is a production of Horizon Music Foundation, a nonprofit based in Austin, Texas. Giving credit where credit is due, we'd like to thank folks for their contributions to this episode, including Blue Sky Riley for her song, America's Middle Class, Yuzhan Shi for audio production and editing, Bianca Garcia and her intern, Kirsty Loach, for social media support, and Pond5 for our theme music. Your donations help make this podcast possible. Please visit horizonmusic.org, H-E-R-I-Z-O-N music.org to donate today. This podcast is the property of Horizon Music Foundation and is protected by copyright law. Use of this podcast is for personal and non-commercial purposes only. No other use of this production, including and without limitation, production, retransmission, or editing may be made without prior consent from the Horizon Music Foundation. Submit all requests to info at horizonmusic.org.